listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound. So welcome to General Admission. This is the 10th episode, I believe. And today you're only here with me, Alessandra. Jen is unfortunately away this week, but she'll be here next week. But nonetheless, we do have a very special guest on today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Camilla Hodgkins and I'm from a band called Perch Creek. Great. So with, um, I guess, to introduce our listeners, just so they kind of know who you are, what you're about, um, do you want to talk a little bit about Perch Creek and the type of music you make and your role like within the band? Sure. Yeah. Um, Perch Creek, we've been performing for kind of a long, long time, a bit over 10 years, and I'm actually in the band with three of my siblings, yeah. uh, hence why it's been going for so long played music as kids together with our dad and um, used to travel around Australia playing at festivals and busking and doing all kinds of stuff like that. And since then, the band has evolved to uh, having my partner James join and it's myself on keyboard, Um, James plays bass, my sister Eileen plays guitar and my two brothers Leah and Christy play drums and trombone and harmonica. And we all sing, and it kind of sounds like folk, rootsy, rock, but with a pop spirit and um, epic five-part harmonies. Nice. Yeah. It's a very very nice summary that sounds (laughs) very interesting. (laughs) So I I guess I kind of want to touch on as well, because you are basically like a family band, um, how is that? Because I'm sure that, like you just said, you know, you played music growing up together. Was it always a thing that you kind of always thought you would do? Like you always talked as kids, like, you know, we're going to start a band, we're going to tour around. Like, was it always a goal for you guys? No, it wasn't. It, um, we were just encouraged by our mum and dad to play instruments at home and we all had music lessons as kids. Um, and my dad was really keen on always kind of taking what we were learning in our lessons and kind of just trying to, yeah, make it a little bit more fun. And so he would often play with us at home, like play guitar so we could have someone to practice with. Uh, and then he started a band with his a couple of his friends and from there it morphed that we all joined the band and then kind of realised, hey, we're a family band. Um, so, it, yeah, it was never something that we set out to do say that because it also comes to mind um Haim they used to do that as well their dad used to play in their band when they first started as well yeah he like got all of them to learn instruments and um he used to play in their band (laughs) well I think they they had like yeah a family band as well but um so what kind of stuff like did you listen to growing up because I'm I'm sure that you know in a very musical household it must have been like very cool to grow up like around so much different kinds of music 
Yeah, and yeah, lots of really varied musical landscapes from our parents. Um, lots of old jug bands, and I think, yeah, lots of people had no idea about jug band music, so we were pretty lucky to get that education of, yeah, American blues, early kind of blues jug band music, yeah, and um, old blues and jazz, and heaps of 70s. Um, Crosby, Stills, Nash and & Young and Neil Young. and So, yeah, I think we grew up listening to a lot of bands that were big on harmonies and the Beatles. My, our parents were big Beatles fans as well. So that was cool as well, listening to all of that music with such great vocal arrangements and all of us being really into singing and, yeah, our dad really encouraging us to kind of pick apart songs and work out what was going on harmonically and um yeah practice coming up with good harmonies so yeah we grew up listening to lots of different music it's that we did miss out on on modern um pop popular music so we kind of are very sheltered in that regard we've had to catch up on mm. on all the pop classics of the 90s and 2000s right. <laughs> because we <laughs> grew up without tv reception um out in the hills and yeah very old lots of old school music but awesome old school music wow yeah that's so cool I guess like now that you're you sort of had to go back to pop music like is there anything that sticks out or was there anything that you're like very surprised by because I guess pop music is so manufactured I mean you can argue that it is manufactured not necessarily in a bad way because it is but um it's so like perfectly um like placed and contrived and Mm. that's like the skill behind it as well because like we've talked Mm. about this on the podcast before like pop music is smart but it is such a different way of writing Um, totally so like did that sorry yeah sorry to interrupt that's okay you were saying there had i noticed anything and i think yeah one point that i really did notice was um just feeling surprised at myself coming to appreciate pop music and i think i think not even just our family, but probably a lot of people grow up with parents who have a bit of a negative spin on modern music. And um, so it was cool to, yeah, listen yeah. analytically and, and enjoy it for its, yeah, simplicity, but, yeah, but all of the skill behind it. Um, yeah, yeah, because I was definitely like that as well. I mean, like, I grew up with my mum, like, always playing older music um and I never really like I never listened to the radio as a teenager I was so like anti-radio and like anti-pop <laughs> yeah but you know yeah. now like that I'm a little bit older I, I really do appreciate it and like you said you know you kind of get you a lot of people dismiss it and it kind of takes a while for you to kind of open up to it but once you sort of mm. do you really realize like how creative and how smart those like the writers actually yeah and how it makes you want to dance as well like that's a great trait in music and I found that as well like I love music that is like funky and makes you want to dance and Destiny's Child and Beyonce and like R&B all of that kind of music is just fantastic and so sexy and funky and um yeah it just makes you want to get down and that's yeah, that's really awesome. I love that about pop music. Yeah, did you see um, Beyonce set at Coachella where she brought out Destiny's Child and they performed together? No, I missed. No, I haven't. Yeah, um, obviously, I 
Beyonce, she headlined, I think, one of the nights at Coachella. And then um, during her set, she brought out Michelle and Kelly and they did like a little Destiny's Child um, reunion. Amazing. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. Cool. So I guess let's talk about talking about, you know, new performances, new music. Let's talk about your new album, which was just released on the 13th of April, I believe, which is also self-titled called Perch yeah. Creek. Um, so I read in an interview, I'm not entirely sure which band member it was, forgive me, but one of your um, band members said that when you started to begin the writing process for this record, you sort of, you kind of knew that the, your time as like a folks kind of jug band was over and mm. you wanted to sort of like change your sound. Um, how did that kind of come about? Like, how did you decide to sort of, because yeah, I guess you can talk about it better than I, I can. Um, but do you just want to kind of expand on the album process and how you sort of developed this, not necessarily new sound, but something that was a little bit different? Yeah, sure. Um, it's it's true. And we, I think that was James, the bass player, who was kind of talking about that in an interview. And But definitely something that we all felt really strongly and approached the writing with that feeling. So I think... Yeah, we had we've just been performing for so long, and our music did used to be a lot more bluegrass, jug band kind of time kind of genre, and that was really fun. But I think we felt restricted by that as well. Mm. Um, and partly our name, our band name, used to be the Perch Creek Family Jug Band. So a big part of it was going well. Like we love this kind of music, but we don't want to be bound to always having to play that kind of like hillbilly fun um string band music and so yeah a part of that was stripping our name back to just perch creek and that felt really liberating reached a point then where we had a band name that was not so it didn't define us musically like with a genre in the in the Mm. band name so perch creek it was like all right we can make whatever music we want we're not we don't have to be a jug band and um yeah and we we're really excited about collaborative writing as well. And I think all of us had been listening to more rock and, and pop and just wanted to approach writing in a more open way, just with whatever styles came to us at the time mm. that we were writing and write the kind of songs that came. Yeah. So we, yeah, we were on tour in Europe in 2014 and we had a, like about five days off in between gigs and decided to rent a house in Wales. And yeah, we've worked out that this is like the ultimate system for writing is like rent out a sweet holiday pad, um, set aside four or five days and really structure the days and all commit to, yeah, writing some ideas for songs and, and recording little demos of them. So yeah, we spent five days in Wales and we would get up every morning and do stream of consciousness writing and from there pick little lyrics that we liked and had all these lyric games um, with ways that we yeah kind of pick a rhyming pattern that we liked in a certain line and then expand from there uh, and then in the evenings or afternoons we'd often jam and like come up with feels and chord progressions and more musical ideas Mm. um so yeah it was like jamming out in a house in wales and we had yeah recorded all of these i think about 15 different songs um they were all very bare bone kind of 
kind of structures at that point. But yeah, over the next year and a half from there, we expanded on all of them and culled them down to 10 songs that we wanted and came up with, yeah, came up with that album that has definitely, I think you can probably hear elements of our rootsy folk um, style still coming through. And yeah, but we, I think we always will have a focus on harmonies and um, yeah, a mix of genres. I think I've realised that that's something that is always going to be a characteristic of Perch Creek's music, no matter how hard we try. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that like we've also had this discussion like on the podcast too, the whole concept of like of genres and the fact that you know there's so many so much music now where there is such a mesh of different genres that labeling music is kind of ineffective (laughs) um and I think it's really cool to see this whole like emergence I mean maybe it has been happening for you know since the beginning but I guess from my experience at least like being a bit more aware of music um, at this current moment um, I really like that direction of you know how everything is kind of meshed up together and you've got little bits you've got inspirations from all types of genres and then you kind of come together and in a way, kind of create your own genre or just, you yeah. know, become like yeah. genre neutral. <laughs> genre you know? neutral, I love that. Fantastic. Yeah, or even if you, you still, like genres, I, I totally recognise there's still a place for them because music yeah. is so varied and we need some kind of label to describe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that it's is just true. can be moving towards not being so attached to those or mm. um, just knowing that they're, that they're broad terms and that, that you have to listen to the music to really understand like, yeah. the subtleties within the genres. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess you can also see that in, in your single Gold Shop, which is great, by the way. It's so groovy. and um, Thank you. The music video is, is crazy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, I guess we can maybe talk about that a little bit later as well, but just to sort of touch yeah. on it, I guess like that single as well really shows your diversity and like the development that your band has kind of gone through um, as musicians yeah. and as artists. And, um, yeah, it's it's great. It's such a good video and just a great song. <laughs> Thank you very much. It yeah. was very fun to make the clip. Yeah, very cool. We'll kick off the the podcast, I guess, with our first segment, which is what's on our playlist. And this is where we just talk about two tracks each of what we've been listening to and kind of what's caught our eye this week. And, um, awesome. yeah, so I guess if you want to kick it off, you know, as the guest, yeah, what have you been? You. Yeah. What's on your playlist? Um, the Bar Brothers are on my playlist lately. They, um, uh, a band from Canada and America, um, two brothers and harpist. And they're really awesome. And there's one track of theirs called It Came to Me. Yeah, it's really cool. It draws me in. It's got kind of like dirty rock roots sound to it. So, um, yeah, steady rock beat. It's kind of, um, seems like the song is, just based around one chord really it's got a couple of extra bits in there but yeah funky riff and um good instruments and harp in a rock song which i really really love Mm. wow 
Yeah, I love I love when bands sort of incorporate instruments that you wouldn't typically um, hear in a, yeah. um, like orchestral elements. I love when like you hear a song, even if it's just like a pop song or a rock song, and um, they've just added orchestral elements. Yeah, it's such a totally. cool. Yeah, it's such a cool um, way to I guess experiment with sound. Yeah, and I, I didn't realize yeah just how similar the harp is to a guitar in a way like kind of sounds like a nylon string guitar at points and cool what about you what have you been listening to um well I just discovered an artist called Phoebe Bridges I don't know if you've heard of her she's sort of like a um she's a solo artist and she sort of makes she has just a really beautiful voice and the song that I was going to talk about is a track called Funeral. Jesus Christ, I'm so blue all the time and that's just how I feel. And it's it's really quite sad. Um, it's it's one of those songs or at least like her writing style is very autobiographical like autobiographical and it's has that storytelling element. Um, and so her lyrics are not so much like you know, like there's lots of tracks where lyrics are kind of just like heaps of metaphors and it's really up to like your own interpretation. Um, her her lyrics are like the complete opposite. Like they're really blunt and you know exactly what she's talking about. Okay. And um, oh. yeah, she just has such a beautiful voice. And this song Funeral is basically about how she was asked to sing at a funeral for this boy who's like not much, who wasn't much younger, older than her. And I think he was a year older than her. And so it's like very sad. And I was reading an interview about her and she was talking about how every time she plays the song, like she can just kind of see the crowd like squirming because it's so confrontational that it's almost uncomfortable. I don't know. It just kind of really stood out to me because I don't necessarily typically listen to that type of music. Um, But yeah, there's just something about her voice and very, yeah, kind of just, you know, it hits you. So it's nice sort of track to listen to when you're not like in a happy mood <laughs> yeah yeah and it's, it's quite rare like for people to do a really different lyric style like what you're saying like that really conversational um style i find myself anyway i haven't listened to many artists like that and when yeah you do hear a song it can really strike you with the like personal way that they um yeah yeah Yeah. so I guess what 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 else have you been listening to (laughs) this week Um, yeah yeah, what's the next track uh, next track I've been listening to is My Lovers by a Melbourne band called Tom Girl oh nice I've heard of them he likes to drive my car he drives it like no other he drives it like no other yeah yeah they're amazing um Mm. I saw them perform at a party, um, yeah, maybe two months ago in mm. February, and they were down a member that night. One of the members was overseas, but they played this song, My Lovers, and then I looked it up online afterwards, and, and I think they released a film clip for it the week after I'd seen them. Oh, nice. Um, but, yeah, there's five members in the band, um, five, yeah, it's all-female band. Not super polished but mm. like so funky and they just yeah grooved so well and they all sing um and they were just 
captivating. Yeah, I gotta check out that track. I haven't. I have. I've like heard of the band, but I haven't necessarily like delved into a lot of their music. Yeah. But um, they don't have much. They don't, haven't released much music yet. I think they've only released a couple of singles. Right. Um, not even or maybe one EP. But yeah, they definitely haven't released much. But yeah, that song, My Lovers, I just heard it and put it on repeat. Yeah. Mm. So there's not not often I find songs that you just want to keep listening to. Yeah. But yeah, that one. Nice. Well, I guess like, speaking of like maybe simple sort of music, um, I was going to talk about a track by a band called Soccer Mummy. Um, yeah, soccer mommy. I mean, it's spelled with an with an O, so I really feel like I should say soccer mommy. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's a track called Inside Out. I don't know. I've always like heard of the band, but I never like listened to them. And um, one of like one of my favorite bands. Um, is Paramore like I've loved them since I was like a kid but anyway they're um they're they just announced like a a tour in the U.S. with this band supporting them so I thought you know if like Paramore like them like I'll probably (laughs) I'll probably like them as well so the track that um I was going to talk about is a song called Inside Out and it's very lo-fi it sort of has a very kind of raw guitar sound which I really like um there's not many like filters on it it's just a very like blunt sort of almost like oh, like watery kind of guitar if that makes sense yeah, um that. yeah 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 and it's just like a nice sort of lo-fi song which i really like especially you know listening to bands in particular i like when their music sounds like you're kind of sitting inside like their rehearsal room like it's mm. It's not very altered to like the natural sound of the actual band hasn't really been altered that much. And I mean, obviously that kind of thing has its time and place. Like it sort of suits different artists, but with this band, I feel like it really works for them. And um, yeah, I just like that sort of intimate nature of how the song sounds. Yeah. And yeah, um, awesome. yeah, I guess if you, yeah. if you want to talk about another track, you're more than welcome to like, I'm more than happy for you to, Talk about another track if you're interested. Yeah, let's go. Liam Gallagher, Chinatown. Yeah, well, I mean, like, when you talk about, you know, listening to older stuff, the song that comes to mind for me is um, 
is Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits. We're the Sultans of Swing. I know it's like a bit of an older track. I think it's from the 70s, but um, my mum always listened to Dire Straits when I was a kid and I never really like appreciated it. <laughs> Yeah. Except until recently when I heard this, I heard Sultans of Swing on, um, I don't know if I heard it on the radio or like it came up on my Spotify or how I heard it, but I just like immediately like fell in love with it. And when I told my mom, she was like, I've been listening, like I've been playing this song around the house, like since you were a kid, <laughs> like how have you just like realized <laughs> that you yeah. like it? Um but yeah, and then it became like one of my top played songs on Spotify last year, which is quite ironic because it was released like so long ago. Yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> I guess, yeah, when you were talking about like unexpected music mm. that you didn't think that you would like or you hadn't really thought about, I was thinking about that too for me. <laughs> and we can go into our next segment which is our in-depth track review which is where um our guest host picks a track of their choosing your album or a recent piece of work and um talks about it and gives us like a story so if you want to pick a track from your most recent album your self-titled album and if there's a track on there that you know might have like an interesting story or you know a, a weird experience that you had like while writing it or if the track itself has a um a cool message yeah it's like free reign to sort of talk about whatever track you'd like so yeah sure um i think i'm gonna pick no place to go mm-hmm. nice. from our new album hey do see the dawn Um, and that something may seem one way, it may seem 
dark for one reason, but dark for many reasons. Um, yeah, but the song, I think the real, like the reason why I've realised I liked it so much is that it just rides this kind of two-way vibe of sparsity and intensity at the same time. So the verses are really sparse. It's just got a droney organ um, and electric guitar with a little bit of feedback. Um, it's, yeah, quite moody and spacious. Uh, and then, yeah, my brother Christy has this great way of bringing drama to, yeah, the way he sings. He's got a really, mm. like, quiet, technical, um, yeah, but loud voice and he kind of, yeah, he does blues styles really well and, yeah, has all these cool inflections. But I feel like he, and and he'd spoken to me about this before, saying that it was his favourite song on the album and I think you can really hear that um, with him delivering the vocals on this song. Mm. And so I felt like it's one that, yeah, really spoke to him. And you can hear that coming through um, yeah. because we've co-written a lot of the songs that Christy sings them. It's interesting that, yeah, like we've written them for him to sing in there. So it's not necessarily like with a lot of other bands where it's a singer who has written the song. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, this one's really cool. It's got a chorus where the organ really screeches out and everything goes loud um, and yeah, but it's just a really steady pace and I feel like it's just super funky even though it's slow and I love music that's slow but is just still really held together and, yeah, I use the word funky a lot and I don't necessarily mean that in a funk stylistic way but uh, I use it more just for music that really grooves. Yeah, so I like that descriptive word. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other thing about No Place to Go was this was the first time that we'd worked with a producer on this album. And we worked with an awesome producer called Jay Walker. And um, he uh, produced Jen Cloer's latest album and CW Stone King. And um, he's also in Machine Translations and had produced Paul Kelly's become one of his yeah, more nice. recent albums so he's done yeah. heaps of really different styles of, of bands and artists and yeah he was such a, a great person to work with but I think I came to the project with kind of preconceived ideas about how a producer would be and what right, they would right. bring and what they would do to our music yeah um yeah and it was it was quite interesting Greg's approach was very simple and and sparse and he didn't suggest that many things um he put some overdubs on to a lot of the songs after we'd finished recording so he came in and just did little overdubs at the end and he was there during the recording process but generally he kind of just let us play the songs how we had already arranged them and um yeah it was cool I guess this sort of leads into our our last segment, which is our non-music segment, which basically we sort of talk about anything except music. <laughs> and yeah. I'm curious, like with your, I guess your writing process, um, being, you know, all family and like predominantly siblings, 
how how has it been for you guys like i know you've toured all across the world basically you know you've gone across europe and like you've played in the us and in canada how has it been like being family like is it easier or i guess yeah you just talk about that like do you fight a lot or like how's the dynamic um, we definitely have fought lots in the past it's always i always feel like we approach a tour and i'm like right we're so ahead of the game like we're gonna nail this we're like best buddies now um but always i think when you're touring with a group of people so closely in a van and sharing sleeping quarters and uh, and working like really hard every day together like things get intense but definitely I've noticed yeah because we've been doing it for so many years um we've yeah gotten really experienced with how to tour like happily together and when to bring up I think that's mm. a big thing about um yeah, being in a band or just having problems with little issues that come up along the way with relationships that, yeah, that there's right times and places to bring it up. And I, mm. I kind of always used to just like blurt things out straight away after a gig, or, you know, as soon as we hopped in the van. But you realise that, yeah, you've got to try and cultivate a sense of like positivity there because it's really intense and everyone's quite fragile and a lot of them are away from their partners or um yeah working really hard and really tired so I think that's something we've gotten better at is just working out when the right time is to talk about things but also being in a band with your family it's pretty sweet and I feel like um yeah because there's such a strong sense of comfortability with everyone um who you're touring with that little things don't become huge simmering um problems and yeah i feel really grateful yeah to be touring with people who i feel comfortable um with to be able to bring up something or yeah you know how you just like get on with it if it's people that you're really close with or it's your family you say hey i guess i'm feeling really upset about this and you just say it and then yeah i feel often quite accepted and we'll but we will have big arguments and um yeah disagreements even in our songwriting process totally that surfaces then but it's like I say something that you can bring up and and often just gets forgotten about after that or or feels lighter yeah so yeah, I guess it's like all siblings, you know, they sort of like lash out at each other, but then five minutes later, everything's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably a bit more challenging for um, James, who's my partner in the band, who's the one-man sibling. Yeah. And we really appreciate having him there as someone who isn't related as well, because he can keep it real and just like tell us when we're, being ridiculous or going too in-depth into an argument about a menial little thing. Um, But, yeah, he has to put up with all of us being classic siblings. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also, too, I mean, like, because you have toured so much, like, what are your tips? Like, I guess you've learned how to sort of not necessarily deal with each other. That's probably the wrong word. But you sort of learnt 
touring and living so closely together, you've learned a lot about each other. But like, what else? Like, what have you learned about touring as well? Because it also um, it seems like a very difficult lifestyle and a very unnatural t- type of lifestyle. Um, yeah. So yeah, like I think what, we've we've learned that we're all not that touring is not our um, habitat that we want to be in yeah. for a lot of the time. It it kind of is like not a natural way of doing things, but some people like some musicians it just suits them so much and they're so good at being on the road constantly and yeah, it really I I just I know quite a few musicians and artists who just ace it and, and I can tell thrive off it. Mm. Um, and I think that we had ideas that we would be like that, that we would tour the world and just like not stop and just come home for a few months and then go off on another tour. But we've realised that we actually all love home. Um, Melbourne is just an amazing place and my brother Leah has kids um, and we've all got other jobs um, as well as the band. So, yeah, we've realised that um, that touring is not the one and only thing that we want to strive for. Yeah. And, yeah, it's actually really interesting and because we're in the, the kind of other segment. Um, we have all started an arts warehouse together in Coburg North. Oh, wow. It's called Big House Arts. And uh, so, yeah, we all co-bought this warehouse with two of our friends, John and Robin, um, who are based in Sydney. And, yeah, we've been working on that the past year, developing a big warehouse into really cool studios and we want to start a music venue one day and a cafe and... Yeah, so we all love project things. We love, yeah, kind of... Yeah, that's um, so cool. Physical I... work, and I think that's that can be a challenge of being on tour and something that I notice with myself is that you don't get to do kind of um, physical, practical tasks like cooking and building and um, gardening and... Yeah. yeah, all of those things are quite important to a lot of most of us in the band, I think. Yeah, so yeah. when you're at home, like, what what do you like to do? Like, I guess that's not music well, related. Like, do you, do you like to cook or? Yep, yeah, I like to cook. I'm a fermentation um, wannabe, or not wannabe, I'm, <laughs> I'm a fermentation queen. And, I yeah, I love um, preserving and making sauerkraut and um, jams and yogurt and bread and lots of fun stuff like that. But, yeah, also also building. I really love doing that and have got to learn. So, like, I'm not a builder, but we've been uh, calling on all of the great skilled help of a few of our friends, Dan, who's an amazing all-rounder, and our friends Ollie and Andre, who are great carpenters and... Yeah, we've just been learning different skills off a lot of friends and that's been, yeah, awesome. Painting, plastering, rendering, building stud walls um, and, yeah, putting in windows and all kinds of fun stuff that, yeah, it's really cool. So I've learned that about myself over the past year but I really like building things and learning learning new skills. It seems so exciting as well to be working on that co kind of art space or you're all working on that project together and um, yeah yeah yeah. so is it 
Is it open at the moment or are you still sort of... Yeah, it's open. Oh, okay, yeah, it's sweet. All, it's all happening. It's yeah. really cool. Like it's the music venue component isn't open yet. That'll be right, right. kind of a few years down the line. Um, but we're starting on planning it all. And, yeah, at the moment we've got a rehearsal studio that we can rehearse in and our friends' bands rehearse in and... Um, we've got a tenant at the space who's built a tiny little mini recording studio, in, like, which is wow. fantastic. So and cool. yeah, so we've got lots of different creative people all renting out um, like office space and doing their own cool projects. So yeah, it's it's happening. Nice. And lots of work still to do, but yeah, we're going to do that in between touring and writing songs and working at our other jobs and yeah. parenting and not that I'm parenting but my father is and yeah, yeah. So that's exciting well, I guess it's a good way to sort of like close off the podcast because you are also about to start to kick off a tour in a couple of you know, like a month and a bit in on the 31st of May um, yep. across Australia which is quite exciting because you are playing like a decent amount of dates yeah, it's going to be epic. We're really looking forward to it. We haven't toured in over two years. I think our last tour was a month uh, in Canada in 2015. Yeah. Um, oh, no, we did tour around Australia at the end of 2015, launching our first single from the album. And it took us a couple of years to get the album out. Mm. But, yeah, I think there's... Um, 16 dates on the tour so we're going to be going to lots of places and yeah really looking forward to experiencing that part of our lives again yeah no that's very exciting so I guess like to maybe to close off the podcast just to round it off you know where can our listeners find you and yeah just a little bit more info what what's I guess you've got the tour you've got the album what's next and yeah yeah um, yeah, we released the album just a few days ago, so you can find that online in all the usual places. And you got to check out the clip for Gold Shop, which is totally classic that we had so much fun making. And if you go to YouTube and type in Perch Creek Gold Shop, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll be touring, yeah, in uh, starting on the 31st of March, uh, 31st of May in Fremantle. And we'll be performing in... Sydney, Newcastle, Melbourne, Geelong, Castlemaine, Sandy Point, Brisbane, Gold Coast, Lismore, Grafton, Bellingen, and um, South Australia will be in Adelaide as well. Um, oh. so there's probably a few that I've missed, but yeah, <laughs> lots of places. You can find it all online. Yeah, it's so exciting, especially because you're playing at cities that artists don't typically play at. Which is yeah, really I'm looking forward well. to Sandy Point. Yeah. No, that's yeah, important. I've never never even heard of Sandy Point until yeah. <laughs> until now. Nice. So we've also um, added your tracks into our week our Spotify playlist, which is called GA Weekly. Um, so you can search that up on Spotify, GA Weekly, or just General Admission, and um, we update update the playlist every single week with tracks that we've talked about during the podcast. And, um, yeah, you can also find our podcast on Instagram at GA Podcast. So more content and stuff. And then where whereabouts on social media can our listeners find you? We can find Perch Creek, I guess. Yep. Yeah, you can find um, Perch Creek at 
all of the social medias generally slash Scratch Creek, so YouTube, Facebook, Insta, mm. nice, and all of those ones. Yeah, great. Well, thank you very much, Camilla, for coming on the podcast and taking the time to talk to me. <laughs> great to talk to you, Alessandra. Yeah. You're listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound. <laughs>